Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Preacher's Perspective. This is Pastor Warren Joyce from Moorhead, Minnesota. And I want to continue this week with going over uh, the book that I just finished and should be available very soon. We actually have a a pre-order date for the Kindle uh, version of it on will be released on May 15th. So that's just a little over two weeks away. And um, I want to continue reading and I'm going to talk about chapter two. I don't know that we'll get all the way through this chapter today on reading through it and, and discussing it, but um, this this uh, chapter really digs into um, some very personal things in, in my life and in my walk with God and um, and then how I came to have a better understanding of what my walk with God should look like and what it should be. So um, we'll begin reading with uh, chapter two. It's titled Availability and Opportunity. It says, in my search for the call of God in my life and in my search for how others hear the call of God in their own lives, it has come to my attention that God will call and use those who make themselves available to him. I know this concept is the most mind-blowing idea that has ever come to the surface. However, it is one of the most powerful and profound principles about the call of God on mankind. Being available to be used in any capacity God desires for us is an essential prerequisite to being trusted with greater responsibility in the kingdom of God. One common principle we find throughout the Word of God is that He will fulfill His promises to us little by little. He does this so we do not become overwhelmed with the situations we face. He also, uh, or and also, so we will remain humble and submitted to Him. If we are given too much at one time, our human nature tends to become prideful and arrogant, and we risk for and we risk forgetting where our gifts came from in the first place. God will use whoever is available to him to use. This is not to say God does not care about how we live or what kind of spiritual state we are in. God cares about our lifestyles. He is concerned with our attitudes. These things matter to God. These things make a difference in whether or not God will use us and call us deeper into his spirit. God will use those who have made themselves servants to his purpose. Being available to God means we will serve Him in all aspects of our lives. We cannot say we are available to God when the way we live is contrary to the Word of God. And I want to pause right there on that statement. We cannot say we are available to God when the way we live our lives uh, is contrary to the Word of God. And it's it's so true. Um, I I find this... this, mentality in today's world that say, well, I'm, I love the Lord, I'm living for God, but yet in in the lifestyle of that home and of that individual, uh, it's it's chaotic and it is, it's not uh, a godly lifestyle. It's unrighteous, it's unholy. And those things still matter today. Those things still make a difference to God. How we live our life makes a difference to God. And it should make a difference to us. It should make a difference. Our morality matters. Our morality makes a difference in this life. And it should matter to us and to those, and it does matter to those around us 
whether they'll admit to it or not, it does matter. It makes a difference. Our testimony is determined by how we live this life, how we go through situation, how we go through difficulty, how we go through circumstances is how we derive a testimony. You don't, and I know it's, it's simple, um, that the testimony, there has to be a test for there to be a testimony. I know we, we use all of those, um, phrases and things and but have they lost meaning to us do do we understand that that our testimony only matters if our lifestyle has overcome the test if we have overcome what we're going through so we can't just say we want to live for God and that we are available to God to use when our lifestyle is contrary to the ways and the things of God Jesus said why do you say that you love me when you don't do the things that I say and that's my my paraphrasing that scripture, of course, but you, you can't say that we love him and then we do everything contrary to him. So sin, a sinful life, is contrary to God. And therefore, we're not available to God if we're living a sinful life. How can we be available to him? How can we expect him to use us when we are fulfilling the lust of the flesh, when we're fulfilling the desires of this life and the desires and the the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life? When we're fulfilling those three things, then we are not available to God. And we're lying to ourselves to think that we are. Now, I know those are hard lines, but, but we need some hard lines today. We need to put some hard lines in our lifestyle. Stop being so um, fluid that we can't stand anywhere, that we have no definition. That is, that is, it's in itself is contrary to the word of God. We must be defined in who we are and how that we live for God. We must be defined in determining what sin is in our life. And in others' lives, you're not being judgmental towards other by defining what sin is. That is a lie, straight from the pits of hell, trying to get us to soften our stance on holiness and righteousness. And those things will not stand before God, no matter how much we want them to. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit on fire today, so <laughs> let, me, let me calm down a little bit. But we, we must understand that to be available to God is to be living holy, is to be living righteous, is not to be fulfilling the lust and desires of the flesh, is to be fulfilling the desires of the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost, which is God himself living inside of us. Anyway, all right, unpause. We'll, we'll continue reading from there. And then, So the next um, uh, paragraph starts with this. Some things need to be established in us if we are going to recognize God calling us to a higher level of ministry. First of all, we must live a repented life. Secondly, we must be committed to prayer. Finally, our priorities must focus on God's will and not ours. If we do not have these simple aspects of spiritual commitment, we are not available. There are two aspects to availability, spiritual and physical. Both of these aspects of availability have their strengths and weaknesses. Some people are always physically available. They are at the church and always ready to do whatever needs to be done for the building or for the event that needs to be coordinated. Excelling in physical availability, they make themselves available for whatever tasks need to be uh, completed around the church. This is a great thing to have in us. 
My parents instilled this kind of availability in me from the time that I was a young child. As a family, we spent many Saturdays at the church doing things that needed to be done. I believe I have mowed the grass at every single church I have attended. I have made being physically available a part of my life. Making yourself available for the work of the church is a good way to show God you are ready to hear His voice when He calls you to the next level of ministry. I've spoken to several pastors and preachers about how they heard the call of God in their lives. One of the most common answers is that, is that they made themselves available at the local church they attended. They were just there to do whatever needed to be done. The call of God did not come as an overly supernatural experience with thunderings from heaven. It came by simply being available to do the things that need to be done. It makes great sense that God would call those who have already made themselves useful in his hands. God takes our availability and willingness to do mundane things very seriously. He is interested in how we respond to mowing grass, painting walls, cleaning toilets, and sweeping floors. Our physical availability determines our spiritual opportunity. The difference between having a mop and a microphone in our hands is negligible to those who love the Lord. I have spoken with some young men and women who say they have a call from God in their lives, but their actions prove otherwise. When presented with the opportunity to attend a church work function, they choose not to attend. This screams to God and the leadership of the church, I only want attention. Having a call from God in our lives is about God getting the attention and not us. If our calling is more about who we are than who God is, we have it backward. Spiritual availability is sometimes looked at as the side which would seem more appealing. However, though being spiritually available to God is extremely rewarding, it is also dangerous. When we surrender completely to God and make ourselves open and available to Him in the spirit realm, we open ourselves up to being used for His glory. Usually this entails supernatural battles with natural ramifications. To achieve great spiritual sensitivity, we must go through difficulties in our natural life and periods of spiritual drought, uh, through which we obtain a greater sense of what is happening in the spiritual world. Those who are spiritually available have a greater supernatural experience, experience from and with God than those who only allow themselves to be with, within the reach of God. When we yield ourselves to spiritual things, we open ourselves up to battles that others do not have to fight. The key to maintaining our natural sanity when we are spiritually available to God is to have a completely grounded relationship with Him. Men and women who grow close to God and are rewarded with great spiritual gifts but lack integrity and balance in their lives lose their place with both men and God. Being physically and spiritually available to God does not mean we can become unbalanced in our daily lives. We must remain grounded in prayer, worship, giving, fasting, work, family, and fellowship. If at any time we become unbalanced and start to lean one way or the other, these grounding activities are designed to bring us back to where we belong. Availability to God does not mean unavailability, un unavailability to take care of the day-to-day -day business of life. We cannot lock ourselves in a closet to pray and study all day when we have a family that needs us to provide for them. We also 
cannot spend all of our time worrying and working towards financial gain and neglect our time spent with God in prayer and study. We must always strive for balance. In our quest for the call of God in our lives, we must remember God wants availability and we want opportunity. Now, let me pause right there in the middle of that paragraph. And that, that sentence and the statement was, in our quest for the call of God in our lives, we must remember God wants availability and we want opportunity. And that's the biggest key difference. And if we can recognize that, it's going to help us tremendously. God is looking for anyone that will make themselves available to him. This is the simple definition of why. God, what what sometimes seems like God blessing or God using someone that doesn't have the fullness of the truth or someone that doesn't have the understanding or maybe even what they we would consider them not doing everything that they could in their walk with him because they have learned how to make themselves available to God. Now, God responds to, to the hunger of people. He, he responds to the hunger. So we have, um, if, for example, we have uh, uh, an evangelist, and they come through, and the evangelist gets up and uh, preaches, and you have, uh, you have a lot of extra people there that the expectation is right for the service, and then you have 50 people get the Holy Ghost. Say you got an extra 50 people there that need the Holy Ghost. All 50 of them get it. And they didn't get it because of the evangelist. They didn't get it because of what he even preached. They got it because of the hunger of those 50 people that were there. They, that, that's why. If, if they're hungry for it, they can receive it. And it's, so God is looking for availability with people. And we have it backwards. We look for opportunities to be used when God is looking for anyone that's available to be used. So we will often ignore great times of availability in our life because we don't see them as opportunities. We don't see them as things that are glorious, quote unquote, or things that might would bring attention to us. And we ignore them and we don't do them because they just look like work. You know, the old saying is that um, success looks like uh, dirty hands and overalls. You know, it looks like hard work. It looks like spending time in the field, just being consistent, doing the things that we know to do on a continual basis. And that's that's just making yourself available in what God has given us. And, um, and but we, we oftentimes want to see the, the great be. Uh, be used in the greater opportunities. And we look and we say, well, there's an opportunity over here. There's an opportunity over there. And then that makes us inconsistent in our walk with God. So we have to be careful and understand that God is looking for anyone that'll make themselves available to him to be used. That availability only comes through a consistent walk with God. When we, when we really make ourselves consistent in our walk with God in those things that those, those foundational things that we read just a, just a few minutes ago about, um, uh, being grounded in prayer and worship, giving, fasting, work, family and fellowship, you know, being 
uh, th- those those grounding things, those activities that are grounding in our life and our walk with God and our walk with people is what makes us available to God to be used. When we just when we are consistent in our in our family or we're consistent at, at our job and we do the things that we are supposed to be doing and we and then we become available to God to be used and we're not looking for this next great uh, opportunity to go and preach before thousands of people or hundreds of people or tens of people, whatever it may be, because the pinnacle of a walk uh, in relationship with God and being used in ministry, the pinnacle of that is not behind a pulpit. The pinnacle of that is speaking to someone and watching the light bulb of revelation come on in their in their life and watching them turn to God in repentance and watching them being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and then knowing that you had a part in that because you were available for God to, to use at that moment, at that time, to speak the right words to them. Instead of looking for an opportunity, preacher, don't look for an opportunity to preach. Just go and preach to the hungry. Just go and preach to the thirsty. Just go and preach to anybody that will hear you. And you preach by being grounded in those those basic things that you do over and over and over again, being grounded in your prayer, being grounded in your worship, being grounded in your giving, being grounded in your fasting, being grounded in your work and being grounded in your family and being grounded in your fellowship and the available and then the, the the times that God wants to use you will be there. Then God God is looking for you to be available in those times. And then he opens up the right opportunity for you. But when you have it backwards and you're just looking for a place and you're just looking for the next chance and you're always just working on your message and you're working on your ministry, well, when it becomes yours, then it's not God's. So we got to get rid of that whole concept and that whole idea. The pinnacle of, of working for God and living for the Lord is not behind a pulpit, but it's in front of a lost soul. Anyway, all right, so let's start over again right here says, in our quest for the call of God in our lives, we must remember God wants availability and we want opportunity. We often look at the things that need to be done as below our capabilities. We see simple things like taking out the trash and expect someone else to do it because of our abilities to do greater things. But if we are not faithful to perform the little things, God knows that we will not be faithful to perform the bigger things. Often those who are feeling a call from God are looking for a pulpit to fulfill their calling, but God wants us to look for a soul to fulfill the calling. Being called by God is not about having a place to preach on Sundays. It is about allowing ourselves to be used by God wherever and whenever he deems fit. God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are not like our thoughts. He does things differently than we do. If we are not careful, we can get caught up in our in our ideas of what ministry is and base our entire lives on a falsehood. If we base ministry on serving ourselves, we set ourselves up for failure. The whole concept of ministry is designed around serving others. This is contrary to many so-called ministers in society today. Ministry is not about jumping into every single opportunity that comes along. Some things are sent by your enemy and not by God. 
That is why we must allow ourselves to be spiritually available to God so his spirit can move on and through us when he needs us. Though we may see an opportunity in front of us, sometimes it is not God's will that we step into that opportunity. It may be that God wants us to use uh, someone else instead. We must learn to follow his voice and will and not inject our own ideas and words in every situation because that only brings more harm than good. I heard a saying recently that we cannot drink from every cup, even though we may have the opportunity to do so. This is a good way to get poisoned. (laughs) And there is a lot of wisdom in that saying. Some opportunities are made of bitterness and hate. This is one reason we need leadership in our lives, and even more than that, we need submission. Having someone who can give us direction will help us avoid the dangerous cups of poison and bitterness. Those things taste good at first, but they turn and become addicting even after one one sip. Each successive drink we take becomes more and more dangerous to our souls, taking us on a downward spiral from the Spirit of God. All the while we are deceived into thinking we are growing closer to God. Don't seek opportunity. Seek to be available. When we are available to God and leadership, we can be led to the right cup. In this cup, we will find strength and love. We will find peace in knowing we are following those who have our best interest at heart. So let me let me pause here again. Let me talk about this for just a second. Um, so uh, I said here, this is a uh, you know that saying about not drinking from every cup. It's a good. It's a good opportunity to get poisoned. All right. And um, some opportunities are made of bitterness and hate, and that those opportunities that are made of bitterness and hate, they can become so addicting because bitterness and hatred and anger feeds the flesh. It feeds a part of a man or a woman's flesh that seems to always be hungry. It's always hungry. It's always looking for something to eat. It's always looking for the next meal. And then we devour one another. We devour each other and we do it all in the name of God. We do it all in the name of of, of holiness and all in the name of righteousness. And we will devour our brothers and our sisters and become very bitter and very angry and very hateful towards those that we are supposed to love. And this whole time that this we, we are we're not being used the way that God wants to use us. We're allowing things to separate us and to destroy us when God is wanting to uplift and help and heal and not God God isn't come to destroy. You know, there's 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 some pretty good Bible that, that says that that the devil has come to destroy. And that that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to destroy. We don't have the Holy Ghost to come and destroy our brothers and our sisters. That's what the enemy is doing. And so he doesn't he doesn't need our help. <laughs> he doesn't need us to help destroy. He's doing a he's doing a good job all by himself. And so he especially doesn't need the help of the church to destroy one another in the church. And I'm a little bit sidetracked off of what uh, the the purpose of this. Um, 
chapter is. But it, it's a good place to, to interject these things is when you become so concerned and so worried about what everybody else is doing, then we no longer are being used by God, but we're being used our, of ourself. We, we have allowed self-righteousness to step in, and then we have uh, um, elevated ourselves above what um, or where we're supposed to be. There's a there's a good um, analogy here in in uh, David's son. He had um, um, oh which one was it? It was the one that was going to make himself king. And right when David was about to die, I can't remember his name, but he he was going to make himself king. And he and there's a very uh, key verbiage there. He said that he he exalted himself, that he lifted himself up. And in lifting himself up, then he had removed the hand of God to be able to be lifted up. So he made himself king. He was a good man. The Bible says that he was probably capable of being king, but he wasn't called to be king. He wasn't one, the one that was supposed to do it. So he lifted himself up. And, and that's exactly what self-righteousness does. And it puts us in a place where we're not supposed to be. It puts us in a place where we were never called to be. We have a purpose. We have a calling. We have, um, God has placed us in, in the service of others. This, this whole podcast and the whole design of this is about, um, speaking to preachers and speaking to those that are in ministry and so that we understand where we are and what our purpose is. I believe that that's a part of my calling is, is to help others and especially in the ministry to understand what our purpose is and it's not that we that we speak down and that we speak death to the others and that we devour each other with our tongues and we allow the the addictions of bitterness and hatred to to grab a hold of us and to to completely destroy our spiritual man or our spiritual woman and make us useless in the hands of God. When what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be loving each other. We're supposed to be uplifting one another. We're supposed to be bearing one another's burdens, not running each other down, not allowing the poison of bitterness to become so addictive that with each drink that we take, it becomes more and more addicted. Uh, We become more and more addicted to it and it's more dangerous to our souls and i you know i've heard preachers say uh anything and everything they want when they're in the in the presence of other preachers they'll talk down about everybody and their brother and it's disgusting and it and it disgusts me and it disgusts god and we got to stop doing that garbage we got to understand that God has not called us to that purpose. We are not to put each other down. We're to lift each other up. It's, it's a terrible thing that at any time we would allow ourselves to become so available to bitterness that we would think it's okay to run our brothers and our sisters down. That That's a terrible thing. We've got to stop that. Preachers, you've got to stop doing that. We got to stop putting each other down. We got to lift each other up. We got to we got to stop putting others' names down. We you know the one thing about being a minister is we are privy to information, um, especially about each other. And it seems like the the rumor mills run rampant, uh, and we seem to know what everybody and their brother has done uh, before they even did it half the time. And and 
And that's a that's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. We don't need that. We we don't need it. We we don't need it. God doesn't need it. God doesn't need us to to help him out with knowing or with telling what somebody else has done. God, it, we don't need it. We don't need to have those things in our life. And even though we may be privy to someone's information, it's it's something that we need to keep and we need to protect the individual. Because remember, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God allows some things to happen in people's lives so that they will come to repentance, so that they will surrender to him. And I believe that that happens. I believe it happens just for that purpose, that God will allow things to come to light so that people will repent, not so that people will talk about them, but so that they'll repent. So anyway, all right, let me step down off my my stool now and uh, start reading again. All right. So uh, the, the, the last statement there was, we will find peace in knowing we are following those that have our best interests. And this is after we um, have made ourselves available to God and the leadership. All right. The next paragraph says the call of God is not limited to a certain type of individual. It is only limited to those who allow themselves to be selfless before him. Those who seek after him more than they seek after their own interest. His call is constantly going out to anyone who can hear it. And it is, and it just so happens that those who can hear the call of God are those who have made themselves available to the work of God. God brings the opportunity to be used according to his will after his call is heard and received. The purpose and desire of God is for every Holy Ghost filled Christian um, is that we recognize his call, then work to fulfill it. Not everyone is called to be a preacher, and not everyone is called to pastor a church, but everyone is called to be a witness. If we would just begin here and not get ahead of what God is wanting to do in our lives, we would be at rest and at peace with whatever he chooses for us. That being said, searching for ministry opportunities is not a bad thing. But when we forget that God is wanting to present us with things more than he wants us to find things, we become unbalanced in our walk with God and can become easily sidetracked by opportunities that are not from God. Remember, God is looking for those who have made themselves available for his use. We do this by presenting ourselves to him in prayer, fasting, and the study of his word. Paul tells Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. That's in 2 Timothy 2.15. Paul is instructing Timothy to focus on presenting himself to God rather than be preoccupied with finding, finding the next ministry opportunity. If we make ourselves available through prayer, fasting, and study, God will use us in due time. There is a saying among, pre among preachers that goes like this, your calling will make room for itself. And this is very true. So often we get the cart before the horse by seeking places to preach and minister when first we should be seeking places to pray. Have having a call of God to work in the having a call of God to work in the preaching ministry is neither heard nor found when preaching behind a pulpit pulpit. It is heard and found in our time spent with God. We must learn to become sincere in our communion with God and seek his will first. It is then that he will lead us in the way we need to go. 
I've heard countless stories of how God has led different people directly to people's homes and doors to tell them about serving or saving about the saving name of Jesus. Those people then repented, were baptized in Jesus' name, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Too many today are focused on finding a place to preach a sermon rather than a place to teach a Bible study. Witnessing individual conversion experiences through the simple sharing of the gospel message leaves a lasting impact on the message bearer and creates a growing desire to see more people have the same experience. If we think God is only calling us to preach from a pulpit, we are sadly mistaken. God is calling each of us to be available to him for whatever work he has at the moment. He wants a guide, he wants to guide our footsteps. He wants to direct our paths. He wants to speak and he wants us to go. All of these things require us to have an open mind before God so he can speak with the clarity and give us the direction we need to perform his perfect will. We cannot become distracted by the appeal of the world to conform to modern day appetites of empty messages and full pews. Being available to God means we must be in a position to hear his voice over every other voice in our lives and to hear him when he tells us to speak the truth in the face of adversity, to hear him speak love when everybody else is speaking hate. Being available to God is to be absent from ourselves. John said, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's John 3 and 30. This is a principle that every single man or woman of God must realize about their servanthood. We are not called to be exalted, but we are called to exalt God. If our preaching is so concise and so pretty that it, we cannot have an interruption of the Holy Ghost during our quote-unquote message, we have lost the fundamental foundation on which preaching was established, which is to be the channel for which God's voice, uh, for God's voice in the world today. Being available to God is to limit ourselves and allow God to be unlimited. This is... Uh, something that we must make sure that is a is a truth in our life and that is operating correctly in us. And uh, we uh, we too often get that get that out of place. You know, everybody wants. If you're a preacher, then you want to be a good preacher, which I understand that. You know, I want to be a good preacher. I want to say things that um, that are good. I don't want to. I don't want someone to despise listening to me preach and become a drudgery for people. Um, I want to be clear. I want to be concise. I want to, for it to be a good flow. Uh, all of those things are true, and we should want those things in our, in our messages if we're preaching. But if we become so polished that God cannot move because we've got to move to our next point, then we have mistaken ourselves to be too highly exalted. We, we have mistaken our calling. We have uh, misled ourselves to of, of our own importance, and we think that we are higher than what we really are. And at any time, God should be able to move and operate during the preached word, uh, during what's going on in us. We, God should be able to redirect and, and give a new message, give a new word. Maybe there's something going on right then. 
that must be dealt with. And in God's spirit, the spirit of the, the Holy Ghost is trying to operate through us. And if we limit that and stop it, then then we are, are guilty there. We're wrong there because we're, we're trying too, too concerned about getting through our sermon. It should never be to that point. It should never be that kind of, of um, uh, a relationship with God or that kind of, that kind of a, a, a leadership style going on in the church. There's, there's nothing more important than the Holy Ghost speaking to the church. And that's exactly the atmosphere that we always should try to create in our churches. We should be trying to create an atmosphere where the Holy Ghost can come in and take over at any given moment, at any time. And that should be perfectly all right for God to do so. And and this is what we must create today. To, there, are, there are so many people that want to have a move of God. And they, they may be confused. They may, they may be believing a lie right now. They may not understand the truth. They may not understand the Bible. But once they have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Then it, it transforms something in them that they are desirous of a move of God. They want to have something magnificent happen. And if we can allow that magnificence of God to take place in our preaching, then we are wrong. And we've got to, we've got to surrender our message to the Holy Ghost. I mean, God forbid that we think our message that we have to preach is more important than a move of, of God, than, than tongues and interpretation, or than, than uh, the, the, the place being overwhelmed with worship. And, you know, uh, I, I understand everything has its place, and, but, but we should not think that God can't move like that, or that God shouldn't move like that, or that the people must be so confined and controlled that, that they never uh, even have this happening. That, we we need a move of God like that. We need a worship service that just just everybody starts worshiping and the spirit of God starts moving and the people start randomly receiving the Holy Ghost for the first time and repenting for the first time, all at, all at the same time happening around us. We need that kind of atmosphere. That's how our churches should um, have every now and then. We need these kind of things to take place. Not saying every single service, every time we get together, it should happen, but it should happen. It should happen in our services. Our message that we have is not more important than the needs and the hunger of the people that we're preaching to. The whole reason we even are preaching a message is because there are hungry people. So we have to understand our place here. Our place is to, is to preach the message God has given us, but at any time, the Holy Ghost can move in such a way that our message can stop, because we can always save those notes for another time. We can save, save that for another time, and we don't have to preach it right then. We don't have to finish it right then. There has to be room for the Holy Ghost to operate among us, and if we're not creating room for that, then then we're wrong for that, and uh, and we need to repent of that, and then allow God to do what God does. Stop getting in his way so much. Amen. Well, um, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too long today. Um, and I'm going to stop there for this chapter. There's the next part of this chapter comes, goes into some, uh, a very personal time of my life. And, um, and we are going to read it, but I'll wait till till next week to do this to do this segment. It's called "Mistakes in Moving" of Chapter Two, and it's when we uh, dive into uh, how I learned how. 
to hear the voice of God, basically, how I learned how to hear him. And uh, it took it took me a lot, probably because I'm so hard headed. Amen. But anyway, this has been the preacher's perspective with Pastor Warren Joyce from Moorhead, Minnesota. Thank you so much for listening. And I pray that the Lord will bless you today.